Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're going back to school. Grab your backpacks, pack your lunch, get that lunchbox. We're going to learn. And when we talk about learning, you know how important it is to me that we continually work on developing ourselves personally, professionally, our businesses. And so every one of my guests is helping us this month by giving us something new to learn. My guest today is Terry McDougall. She's an executive career coach and CEO of her company called Terry B. McDool, uh, Terry B. McDool Coaching. And what does she do? Well, she helps high achieving professionals remove obstacles, as we know, that keep them stuck. Uh, We all know about that. And she does this because when she's able to help these people, they can enjoy more success and satisfaction in their lives and careers. And isn't that what we're all trying to achieve anyway? But before becoming a coach, Terry was a longtime corporate marketing executive. She led teams developing strategies, advised senior leaders to drive business results. So she has been there, done that. Now, one other thing in her uh, corner here, she's the author of a book called Winning the Game of Work career happiness, and success on your own terms, which seems very much in line with what she tries to do with her coaching clients. She's also the host of her own podcast called The Marketing Mambo. So joining me today is Terry McDougall. Thank you for being my guest today. Oh, Michael, I've been looking forward to this. I'm happy to be here. Well, at some point in time, we'll have to talk about the Marketing Mambo podcast because I just (laughs) love the idea of that. It makes me want to do the little mambo. Yes, it's it's fun. I wanted to have a fun name so I could have like good intro music. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, we uh, back in March we did a series on where everything was marketing focused, and I called it the magic of marketing. And at the beginning of everyone, I said, because don't we all just wish we had some magical marketing dust, pixie dust, we could sprinkle on things, and our marketing would be wonderful, and people would throw money at us. But since that's not happening, we got to do the hard work. <laughs> yes, I love it. So I gave a little bit of your intro and your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you and your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Well, you know, I, um, I'll go a little bit more into who I work with and, you know, you talked about the high achievers, but I call them high achievers who are successful, but not satisfied. And what I mean by that is when you look at them from the outside, you'd be like, what do you have to complain about? You've got a great title, working for a great company, making lots of money. You're a success. But very mm-hmm. often people don't feel that way um, or they're, they've got the trappings of success, but they're paying a very high price for that in terms of stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. burnout, sometimes health and relationship problems. Yes. Um, and I truly believe that we can get things in balance. We can kind of get into a flow where not only can we be successful, but we can be happy as well. And, uh, you know, I help people to sort of shift the mindset to, first of all, believe that's possible and also to start to learn skills so that they can have more impact without working as hard. 
Mm. And it's such a great point because, you know, when you're talking, I was thinking, you know, we can look at those people and say, you're successful, but somebody else's definition of our success doesn't always match it, especially if you really boil it down and ask the question that you did is what's the difference between success and, and how it looks and being satisfied mm-hmm. or feeling like you've got it pulled together. And I know from various points in my life when, you know, things looked great on the outside, but the inside stuff was a mess. The relationships were a mess yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and it's exhausting to be putting on the facade when you know it's not all going right in the background. Yeah, and you know, so many of us, I'm so glad to be on the back to school um, episode because many of the issues that people have at work, quite frankly, I think that they learn because of what we learn at school. You know, we really learn to um, delay gratification. We learn to look for validation in other people. We learn to, you know, ask the question like, what, what is success, right? What's the formulas for success? And when we are sort of outsourcing that, when we're asking somebody else to tell us what success looks like, we lose connection with who we are inside. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times you can just find that there's a real divergence between what's going on on the outside and what's going on in the inside. And um, because I work with people that are already successful and you know they're well-educated, they know what to do, I really try to help them start to shift where they look for validation away from the external and really reconnect with their own inner wisdom and their own desires, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I really believe that we can show up um, authentically, be who we are, use the strengths and the gifts that come to us naturally and still be successful and quite frankly, be way happier than we would if we were trying to step into someone else's definition of success. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never thought about that when you said, you know, so much of what we learn and that we're trying to adhere to, we did learn in school and then it's propagated over and over again. And it's interesting you say that because just earlier today, I was interviewing someone else and we were talking about, you know, as people start to return to the physical office spaces, whether it's part-time, hybrid, full-time, whatever, that it'll be interesting to see who took the positive lessons that they learned during the um, during shutdown or you know work from home, like having better life and balance, or you know having lunch with your spouse every day, or starting your day with a walk instead of a commute? It'll be interesting to me to see who pulls those things forward because I think we have a great opportunity to be much more satisfied and find some of that joy and, and validation in ourselves, but we also will be returning to places where that was the norm before. And, and, you know, how hard is it going to be able to change corporate culture to be able to accommodate some of those things? I am really, really curious to see what the new normal looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I ended up working with a number of people over the shutdown who I think the the change in perspective that they got when they were working from home every day began to help them to see that maybe they had just been sort of in this pattern and routine with work and having a change of scenery made them realize like, maybe this isn't really what I want, or maybe I need to do some things differently. So I think there were some people whose consciousness was raised during that time. And, um, you know, I'm happy to see that I am 
seeing some leaders that recognize that they're going to have to do things differently in the workplace. I actually had a conversation with um, a potential client earlier this week who was saying, you know, I'm not sure how to manage in this environment because I've got, I'm back in the office and some people are in in the office. Some people are probably not going to be coming back. And, and how do we manage? You know, he was talking about being in, um, you know, his staff meeting and one key member who actually lives in a different state than the, than the company's in. And in the past, this person would travel in every other week to work Mm -hmm. in the office. And he's probably not going to be doing that going forward. And he was on Zoom and everybody else was in the room. And this president, much to his credit, recognized that there was just a different dynamic. And he recognized that that person's experience was probably very different than what the experience was in the room and wants to figure out how do we address this? Yeah. Because it's important for leaders to be able to tap fully into um, the talents and abilities of their staff. And, you know, with the hybrid work environment that many companies are going into, you know, there's there's just some barriers to that. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, we haven't thought through this. We've never had to face this. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, the 20th century approach to how you manage is not going to work in the 21st century. No, I totally agree. In fact, my podcast, the whole series for the month of July was focused on kind of that question, you know, is how do we uh, become better adaptive leaders through this change? And, and my theory is that people who were good managers of people in person, you know, um, there was a different dynamic when they were managing remotely, there'll be a different dynamic, you know, when it's hybrid. So, but if they were good managers to start with, they probably had a high self-awareness They're to your point, they're paying attention to those things they're recognizing. And so they're going to be, they're going to be watching people that were not good managers or that were just new or maybe not solid yet. They're going to really struggle. And I think that we're going to see people that that pay the price of that because it would be really easy to exclude the person, the one person who's calling in by Zoom. When you mm-hmm. have a whole room full of people, you know you're missing conversations. You're missing that, you know that that last minute, uh, you know, chatting before you come back in after a, you know a bio break. You know these things are going to have some serious repercussions. We have to be aware of them. But I, to your point, we don't know yet how to do it well. No, we don't. And, you know, when you were just describing that, uh, I had a job where that was me. I worked for a foreign company and I was the only out of country leader Mm. that was on the senior team. And so often it was me on the, you know, Zoom call or the conference call and there'd be a lot of laughter. And, you know, really there was so much that was lost in the context. And, Um, you know, I think it was really up to me to sort of bridge that gap. I think that there was really a a lack of awareness um, on the part of many of the people in the meetings and the leadership to realize like what my experience was like. Um, And it it was uh, frustrating. And I think sometimes, you know, I naturally I was just missing out on probably information and certainly the, you know, what the environment was like. So, and yeah, isolation. I have a lot of empathy. Yeah, I have yeah. a lot of empathy. Um, there was another there was another colleague with, that was in country, but she was in a different city, and we would bond 
Um, and, you know, a lot of times would have sort of like a little chat going on um, in the background. So it felt a little bit better to have an ally, but it's still very difficult when you're, you know, when you're the other, right? right. Right. And, you know, I think that as we look at satisfaction, especially, you know, when you're talking about making sure people that are successful are also satisfied, I think it, there is a new impetus on people to be more, not only aware of what they need to be satisfied, but there are going to be individuals who have to bridge that gap themselves. Like you said, like it fell to me mm -hmm. because nobody else was paying attention. Right. And if we're going to find satisfaction, we're going to have to speak up for it. But it's also interesting that we're seeing this and talking about this now where we're in the midst of this great resignation where people, you know, might not have been happy and satisfied prior to a pandemic, held on if they kept their job during the pandemic because, you know, you didn't know what was available and now are saying, okay, I'm going to go out there and make some changes. So, I mean, really ultimately yeah. it means everybody needs to be paying more attention, but yes. it's a great opportunity to really dive into what we want for ourselves in our lives. Absolutely. And to believe that the things that we want are possible. I mean, I think going back to school, and I don't want to blame it on school, right? Oh, sure. I think that there's sort of unintended consequences like, okay, that works with educating a lot of children and young adults, right? That system works. But what happens is it trains us to think a certain way. It trains us to look to the head of the classroom for our signals and we sort of internalize that and like i said earlier that we lose connection with our own inner wisdom and our knowledge about ourselves and sometimes we're we're you know sort of allowing other people to tell us oh this is what i think would be best for you or you know i've heard horror stories of um, guidance counselors in high school you know telling people that later turned out to be very successful, like, oh, well, you know, you're not cut out for this, right? You're yeah. not college material or something <sighs> like that. And we, you know, we're the final arbiters right. of what's right for us. Not to get too woo-woo, but, you know, I really <laughs> believe that each of us is here on earth for a reason. And mm. we've each been imbued with very unique strengths and gifts that we know, and a lot of us aren't fully using our gifts, right? Maybe sometimes we're yeah. even afraid to let people know what they are because it might be different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think one thing that can cause us to, you know, behave in ways that aren't aligned with who we are authentically is fear of rejection, fear of criticism, fear of judgment. And I've just come to a conclusion that nobody has a right to judge us, period because they have no idea why we're here, right? Absolutely. So somebody could say like, oh, they're wasting their potential. Well, just because you can do something, it doesn't mean that that's your destiny. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the things that I see as a coach is that when you're working with these you know, high achieving people, they're able to do a lot of things. They're good at a lot of things, right? They've yeah. been challenged, they've been educated. It doesn't mean that everything that they're able to do is something that they like to do. Um, I've had clients that just as an example, I, I worked with a client who was an accounting major in college, mainly because he didn't know what he wanted to be. And his dad was like, you know, accounting's a good major. <laughs> you can always get a job as an accountant. And That's true. He went, to a, he went to a good business school. He got out and got a job with one of the big four accounting firms. And he was just dying on the vine because he oh, really, at his heart, was 
a creative person, but he was doing really well at his job, but he was like, okay, I'm torn because I'm making good money. I'm sort of on this track. I probably could make partner if I wanted to, but this is just not honoring who I am as a person. And, and by the way, one of the things when I met with him, I was so surprised because he said, well, you know, my brother and I have this, um, game of the month club business uh he was just like a big game aficionado and Uh he and his brother would seek out unusual games and they had this subscription service and i was like wow that's not what i expected when i sat down with this accountant but you know he ended up getting a job at another accounting firm but it was a smaller regional accounting firm he had you know, basically the run of the firm, he could get involved in any kind of accounting he wanted to, he could mentor the younger accountants. I mean, it just, it sort of, it honored his background and his education, but it gave him many more creative outlets to grow and not just be sort of stuck in, you know, stuck in that like niche that they, you know, this is what happens at a lot of those firms is like, whatever they have a lot of business in whatever type of accounting they have a lot of business in when you graduate from college, guess what? That's That's what you're going to be assigned. And that's going to be your specialty, whether you like it or not. Right. And that happens in law too. It happens in law too. So sometimes people have this like, you know, oh, I'm going to become a lawyer and, you know, go out and work on ecology or, you know, diversity or something like that. And they end up working on contract law or, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. something like that. Yeah. Well, and I've not, I love have. the line that you said too about, you know, n- nobody should judge anybody else because we have no idea why that person is here. And that's a really, that's a really strong statement. I think that's really, yeah. I always say you never know what's going on behind anybody else's four walls you because don't. you never know what, what's messy behind there. But I really love that statement from you because it really honors the fact that we are here for something but it's not up to the you or I to, to say what it is for somebody else. It's for yes. each of us to decide for ourselves and to embrace yeah. it or not, depending on where we are. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's natural, I think, for friends and family sometimes to have that concern, right? Because they, you know, they're really concern. looking at the sort of lowest, lowest common denominator, like, oh, you know, just uh, my, my grandparents used to what they used to tell me when I was getting out of college, like get yourself a good job with the government because to them that was stability. And these were people that, you know, came of age during the depression. And so, you know, they wanted me to survive. Right. But I want to do more than that. So I did my mom still does work for the government. My my mother still doesn't understand what I do today with my business. She said to me, and I love her. If she's listening to this, she's going to call me and get very cranky. But uh, (laughs) she said to me the other day, she's like, I don't know why you just don't you know, just give all this up and be a housewife. And I'm like, God love you, mom. Uh, I'm 52 years old. The kids are grown. We have grandkids that live 3000 miles away. I don't really think the housewife thing is where I'm going. And by the way, the housewife thing is great for people who want to do that. That is a wonderful life. If that's what you pick, that is not going to work for me. (laughs) I know I hear you. Husband crazy. (laughs) I I hear you. Totally. I'm in agreement. Well, first you'd start First, he'd start laughing because he's like, uh, I haven't seen a lot of that housework going on anyway. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member 
to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z dot com. And we are back with Terry McDougal. I'm still laughing because I'm thinking my husband's going, uh, no, yeah, you don't like housework. <laughs> I remember I did say to him once, I'm like, do you think we could hire a housekeeper? And he goes, no. And I go, why? He goes, because he goes, because you'd want to clean the house before they came and then they clean it all. And then you get your feelings hurt that you didn't do a good enough job. No. In the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We have a good relationship. <laughs> And I know my limits. So now, uh, Terry, all month long, I'm asking all my guests to teach us something in this back to school month to help us, you know, learn how to be better or how to find our satisfaction or whatever you want to teach us. Mm -hmm. What do you want to teach us today? Well, you know, what I want to teach uh, people is how to start reestablishing that thread with their inner wisdom and their you know, true desires. Um, one of the things that I have noticed in my coaching is that when people come and they're in pain and you know, they don't like what's happening in their, their career. A lot of times I'll ask them like, well, what is it that you want? And one of two things will happen. They either say kind of, you know, woefully, I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. what I want. Or they will say, I know exactly what I want. And they will immediately say, these are the 10 reasons why I can't have it. You know, I really want to get promoted. I really want to do this, mm -hmm. but I have to go back to school and I'm too old. And, you know, they only hire blah, blah, blah. Right. And this mm -hmm. is what, this is my advice to everyone on this call or on this listening to this podcast, which is separate these two things, mm -hmm. right? I, I think good. when people say they don't know what they want, I think they really do know what they want and they've got a mm -hmm. very good internal defense mechanism to keep them from being disappointed if they admit the thing they want. But it's okay to say it out loud. Okay, mm -hmm. you can have dreams, say it out loud, let your baby live, don't smother it immediately after you let it come out in the world, let it breathe. And then separately say, okay, if I was going to make this happen at some point in my life, you know, let's just think like, what are some things that we could do? What are the steps that we need to take to make that happen? Um, and the reason why I think a lot of times people don't admit to what they want or immediately kind of smother it with all the reasons why they can't have it is because they don't want to be disappointed, mm -hmm. right? They don't want to try for something and then have that heartbreak of not having it. Yeah. But my experience myself and so much of what I've seen with my clients is that once you start imagining like, what are, what's like one or two steps I could take in the direction of that dream? that you learn more, you start to see more opportunities, you meet fellow travelers, and maybe your dream changes, but mm. you're headed in a direction that feels authentic. And that is where you find happiness. Right, right. That's really wise. And I really love the the uh, statement of making sure you're separating. Like don't, don't make the statement and then immediately link it verbally you might still have it going on in your head, but don't link it immediately verbally to all the reasons why it can't happen. Because just saying it out loud, like when I teach sales and I, you know, for people who are afraid of saying the price of something, I'm like, say the price and shut up. Just be quiet. Mm -hmm. Close your mouth. 
Yeah. Don't panic because the person who then starts talking to explain it and justify it, all that, the person, you don't know that in the, the head, the person's like, Hmm, I wonder if I want to take that out of my checking account. Do yes. I want to put it on my credit card? Do I, yes. I mean, you have no idea what's going on in their head. So right. don't give them words that give them other thoughts and same thing yeah. for ourselves. Don't give those other words, life and breath that aren't going to help support your goal. Yeah. You know, the world is a miraculous place. Yes. Yes. You know, we, we are connected, you know, energetically with everything around us. And I have seen some truly miraculous things happen. You know, I, I mentioned that accountant earlier and, yeah. you know, he really wanted to like, you know, go whole hog. He was uh, applying to all these startups and stuff. And I was like, oh, big four to startup is a pretty mm. giant leap. You know, I, oh, I didn't yeah. think that that was probably going to, and he was applying online. And I said, why don't you start networking? Yeah. Why don't you start having some coffees and just chatting with people? Yes. And uh, he met with um, somebody this father-in-law introduced him to who was a partner in this regional accounting firm. Just a coffee meeting, not a job interview. But by the end of the coffee meeting, he had a job offer because the uh, partner recognized that they had a whole shape, just like my client. He was in his early thirties. They did they had a lot of senior you know, partners, a lot of junior associates. They did not have a specialty in the area that my client knew a lot about. So he was gonna be able to come in, mentor, get involved in business development, start a new practice, be on the partner track at a, and he had a 10 minute commute. Yeah. So, um, these things happen like we just have to be out there mm -hmm. and be open and i think about this a lot that you know when we're sort of in that self-protective mode it's really like we're looking at the world through a pinhole and when we start to and obviously when you're looking at the world through a pinhole you cannot see opportunities you can't right. see possibilities but if you you know start to say well you know maybe I could do something different. Maybe this thing that I want to do is possible. If we peel back the blinders, you could have like, just like this situation, you could be one degree away from the person that's going to give you exactly what you want. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you, you know, I have a lot of people that ask me a lot of questions about, you know, making job changes and all those things. And and I am of the same exact mind. If all you're doing is getting on LinkedIn or, you know, Indeed or whatever, and just putting resume after resume, you're still not trying to find the place and the scenario that meets you. You're still, you're back to what you were talking about before, mm -hmm. following the path that we've been taught. There's a job open, we apply for it, hopefully we get it. Instead of using the power of our words to say, mm -hmm. hey, Terry, you know, I'd love to just ask you a couple of questions because I'm thinking about moving careers and I just need somebody who's in this other career or I'm moving companies. Yeah. I just want somebody else's fresh perspective. And those yeah. conversations can lead to so many opportunities because even if you didn't have something for me, you might say, Hey, well, I can't really help you with that, but I do know somebody who can, let me introduce mm -hmm. you. And then yes. that's when we start to create a puzzle that we've designed, not mm -hmm. just following the puzzle with the picture yes. on the box. Yeah, it's it's really, um, you know, when we're applying for jobs online, we're saying, oh, that's a box I think I can fit myself into, right? <laughs> and yes. and it's like we contort ourselves and yep. we're, you know, like there's certain parts that might not fit in there and it feels uncomfortable, yeah. but there are opportunities where you can actually, you know, if you do networking, a lot of times organizations are just starting to think about the problems that they have. 
right? right? And if you talk to somebody at the right time, like much like my client, you might be somebody that they would design a job around. So yeah. it's ideal for you. Yeah. Um, and really, I think that's the best way. I, you know, um, you kind of like had a nice little script there about how people can um, approach others when they're networking. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that a lot of people get really nervous about. And what I always say is that like, look, you don't need to even know what you want. Like right. very, it's very common for us not to know what we don't know. Um, but I always say like a couple things, if there are people that are doing something that is what you'd like to do, talk to them, just call, yeah. you know, reach out to them, get an introduction to them and just say, I'm beginning to explore the next chapter of my career. Mm -hmm. What you're doing looks really interesting. I'd love to get, you know, 15, 20 minutes with you, maybe buy a cup of coffee, something yeah. and just ask me a few questions. Is that okay? Yeah. And most of the time that works out really well. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I say, like when people or especially when they're kind of like, I'm not sure what I want. I say, mm. pay attention to when you feel jealous. Ooh. Like if you see that somebody, you know, you get one of those pop-ups on LinkedIn that like so-and-so just, you know, congratulate them on their new role. And you're looking and you're like, man, I'd love to do that job. That is your uh -huh. sort of inner self saying, that's what I want. Pay attention to that. And try to validate yourself to realize like you deserve you deserve that and even if you're really far away from being able to have that if you start imagining like what do i need to do to close the gap what do i need to right. do to get closer and just start doing it yeah. you know like even if you don't get that exact thing you're going to get closer and it's probably going to be a better fit and more satisfying for you if you honor who you are I love that. That's a really great um, tip to think about, you know, those moments where you're like, oh, and it's so funny because even as a business owner today, every once in a while, you know, I'll see something I'm like, I'm like, oh, I would have really enjoyed that. And then my husband's like, you don't want a job. You enjoy what you're doing. I'm like, I know, but <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. When it, gets yeah. You, when it gets you excited or interested, then it is, it's something about your authentic self that's telling you something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like a magnet, you know, being drawn to to metal, right? That it, there's something inside you that's attracted to that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it can be, but I I think that that's a nice way to look at envy and jealousy, right? Is to be like, yeah. ah, you know. But but also to say to yourself like you're worthy of having that, right? Don't exactly. don't get like, you know, bitter and be like, "Oh, I can't have that." Sure you can. You can have it. Yeah. Just start taking some little baby steps in that direction. Yeah, I love it. Ah, Terry, great advice. And I think that's a great lesson I think that you've shared with us today that uh, no matter where people are, whether or not they're their own business owners or they're, you know, because it could be just the same about trying to move mm -hmm. into a different marketplace or to get a new client that you haven't had, you know, those steps that sometimes daunt us is that separation of what you want, you know, get rid of the reasons in your verbalization of why you can't and really get clear and then take the baby steps along the way. It's fantastic. Yes. Yep. So we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody's like, I need to meet Terry right now, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, they can reach out to me at my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com or on LinkedIn. I'm out there every day. And my uh, handle there is terrybmcdougal. Excellent. Well, before we go, Terry, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, I think that each person out there, all of us deserve to be happy. 
-hmm. And so get tuned in with what would make you happy. And Mm -hmm. like we said earlier, start taking some baby steps in that direction because you deserve it. I love it. Get tuned into what will make you happy. I agree. Amen. Terry, thank you so much for being my guest today. It was an absolute pleasure. I had lots of fun, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.